0: Good morning. Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church where God has called and gathered us here this day to receive his gifts through his word and his sacrament. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You forgave the iniquity of your people. Will you not revive us again? Let me hear what God the Lord will speak. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning. Is now and will be forever. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Old Testament reading for the third Sunday in Advent is from Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her Get up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 4. This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found Trustworthy. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. When John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in kings' houses." grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Can you picture what it must have been like for Jerusalem during Isaiah's time? Remember that Isaiah was prophesying more or less around the same time that Jeremiah was prophesying, and they were both talking primarily about the exile into Babylon. So, at this point in our text for today, Babylon had already come, and the people of Jerusalem just knew they were going to come again. They were going to come, they were probably going to take you maybe even your children, or although maybe not your children. And they were going to take you from the land of your people and move you over to be refugees in a foreign land. You would have to learn new languages. You'd have to learn new laws. You would be under a new ruler. Because truly, at this point in time, the kingdom of Judah had fallen. It had been conquered. And that's not even the worst of it in some ways. Not only are you as a people going to have to be scattered throughout the Babylonian Empire, but then the Babylonians would take people from other lands and they would give them your land. They would take refugees from other places and move them into Jerusalem, the Holy Land where your temples were, where your houses were, where your fields were. And they would give them to those foreigners. But maybe even the worst of all for the people of that time was knowing that it was entirely their fault. Now, granted... Those people of that time might not have actually known that because they weren't very good at listening to Isaiah and Jeremiah. But they should have. They should have known that after they rejected their God time and time and time again, after their kings had rejected God time and time and time again, that eventually... God was going to have to do something about it. He had been trying over and over again for the last 400 years at this point, in Jerusalem's time, to convince the people that when he said, you shall have no other gods, that he really meant it. But they didn't get the point. They wouldn't listen. They kept on rejecting him. They kept on, instead, going after the gods of those foreign lands. And therefore, the time eventually came when God essentially said, Fine, go to those foreign lands, go to those foreign gods, and I will bring other people here to my land. But, of course, God didn't just leave them in that darkness. He didn't leave them in a land that was foreign to them. We see this particularly in Isaiah. Multiple and numerous prophecies. And we hear only one of them today. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. And recognize how that comfort is given. How that comfort is delivered to the people. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Cry to her. A voice cries in the wilderness. A voice says, cry, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up. Your voice. How does this comfort come to the people? Through the very means that they had rejected over and over and over again. The comfort of God given in this prophecy comes through the word. Comes through hearing the promises of God listening and hearing the word which creates the faith that the people had lost. And recognize then as well why this comfort was given, why they were going to be able to eventually return to the land, why God would eventually blot out their iniquity her warfare is ended not warfare with the nations necessarily but her warfare with god was ended and we should recognize that in some ways that is true once the jews came back from the babylonian exiles from the babylonian exile they really did not struggle all that much with the first commandment anymore They truly had learned their lesson. They wouldn't take other gods, though they would, in fact, struggle with other things, as we can see in our gospel readings throughout the year. But they got the point. They understood. They got that God was for them, that God was at peace with them and that therefore they could be at peace with God. But of course, that's not the only thing that this comfort comes from. The comfort also comes from the truth that her iniquity is pardoned, again, by God. That God had truly forgiven them, for all of those times that they had rejected him in the past. That he had wiped it clean. That, in fact, she had received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. And what this means is that the wrath of God had been so given unto, in this case, Jesus, that there was no more punishment to be had. That God had expended all of the wrath that he needed to in order to pay for the sins of the people. And of course, as I just mentioned, we recognize the truth that this prophecy, while in some ways it would be fulfilled after the Jews came back from exile, that its true fulfillment, its full fulfillment, would come when the glory of the Lord was revealed the glory of a god who rather than staying up in heaven and leaving us to our sin chose to take on his own flesh to take on our own flesh to come down and live as a human to come down and be a baby Just imagine that for a second. The God of all the universe, who had created everything, put himself into a form that cannot survive without the help of his parents. And God chose to do that. Chose to humiliate himself like that. For you. And in doing so, we see the true... Glory of God. Glory that is not like that of the earth. Glory that is not like what the world thinks of of glory. But the glory of one who is willing to sacrifice himself. Who's willing to sacrifice his own glory even, to an extent. As the world thinks anyways. For those who he loves. Which is to say, for you. Which means that even now, we can still be comforted here in this world, even though we know that we are going to wither and die, unless our Lord comes back sooner than that. That we will continue getting older. That one day, we will truly fade. But that the word of God, the promises of God, will last forever including the promises that he has made to us. For the Lord also comes with might. When he came to become a baby, he didn't stay a baby. He grew up, he became a man, and he began tending his flock. He began to gather his lambs into his arms. He started carrying them. He led those who are young and who are with young and he carried them all the way to the cross. He took upon himself the sin, the burden of all people, and he suffered the wrath of God for them. So that even now, just as much as it was true that this is a prophecy for the people of Judah, we can recognize that in Christ, this prophecy of comfort has been fulfilled for us as well. We, even now, have been more fully blessed because we have been given the more fully revealed word of the Lord. And it has stood forever, and it has given us exactly what was promised. For right now, you are no longer at war with God, but are at peace with Him. Right now, your iniquity has been pardoned because of the cross that was delivered to you just a few moments ago, and it will be delivered to you again in just a few moments. In Christ, our sins have been punished. We have received double from the Lord's hand, though we ourselves did not have to suffer it, but Christ suffered it for us. And in so doing, he revealed to us the glory of his Son. Glory as of that of one who loves and who sacrifices. We even now can look around at our world and we can see truly that all things are passing away, that all things are withering, that everything seems to be fading, but that the word still remains and that it will still remain. Remain. For we have these promises. He even now has not abandoned us. He has not sent us into exile. He is even now caring for us as His flock. And we know the truth, we believe the truth, that He will return again in glory and might. And you are free, therefore. To trust in the comfort of your God. To continue to trust in your God, even though you can look around and you can see those things fading. You can see things withering that you thought never would. But God will not. God will continue to care for you and for your children and for their children's children even forever until he finally returns again. And this is the source of our joy. Our joy, which is what this third week in Advent is about. A joy that nothing can overcome, no suffering, no fading, no withering, because we know the truth that God's word has been fulfilled and that it will be fulfilled, which means that you have been saved, that you already have salvation and forgiveness, and that when Christ comes, he will look upon you, and he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of my kingdom. Now may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.